What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Creating Madness. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, per usual, Ethan Carboni. Ethan, what is happening? Well, Joe, we recorded the Big 12 episode. Sadly, we were not able to get this out when we would have liked to. However, this time, we're going to make it even better than last time. So I'm excited. Precisely. Yeah, we had, uh, what was it, in audio recording glitch of some sort ethan that enough of them that made the file completely corrupt yeah so that's really unfortunate so we're restarting um but to be better than last time we're like done what we did and we're gonna make an even better episode uh real quickly uh before we get into the episode make sure you guys follow us on social media the season starts in 19 days or less might be even shorter than that so ethan can you guys can you give everyone a quick social media update, and we'll get right into the episode after that. Please follow at ATR Madness on Twitter. I know for sure that whenever I have basketball, I will be on, my, on Twitter. Whenever there's breaking news, assuming I can get on Twitter for a few minutes, I will go on Twitter. I know the same goes for John. And yeah, we're entering the start of college basketball season, soon to be following that entering tournament season and then rents entering ncaa and conference tournament season just a few months after that college basketball season goes by way too fast and the off season goes by even slower than you would think for it being a summer it's really unfortunate how it tends to play out in reality but we gotta enjoy it while it lasts so we're just making this preseason as fun as it can possibly be with that out of the way let's get right into our Big 12 conference assessments. So, how we usually do this on the show in terms of our conference previews is we have our teams ranked that we think will make the tournament, followed by our course, whether that's a team that we think can make the tournament or a team that we have in the tournament. Um, after that, we have our conference player of the year, and then we have our dark horse player of the year guy who not a lot of people are expecting and can maybe win a player of the year or just turn a lot of. So, Ethan, how many teams do you have that can make the tournament? If I'm doing math correctly, which that's not something I usually do, I think I have five. Perfect. Well, I have seven. So, I, in that case... I'll let you handle this, yeah. I'll I'll just name your six and seven. Uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. All right. Give your reasoning while I make sure that I don't actually have six. I will talk about Oklahoma, but to be fair, you do have a lot of good things to say about Oklahoma State. So I'll let you talk about that team after, if that's cool with you. Sounds good. I believe they are in my five spot. So that works out really well. Perfect. Okay. Uh, well, as uh, this team loses serious reduction um, in over 30 points per game with the losses of. Uh, Jordan Goldwire, Emoji Gibson, and Eli Hargliss, all from the guard spot. But is able to repair some of that with Strahd transfer, Grant Sherfield, and high-level George Washington transfer, uh, Joe Bemisley. Um, returners Bijan Cortez and CJ Nolan look to make contributions, as well as some freshmen. Um, but the backcourt is simply not as, because, as it was last season. Uh, as for the frontcourt, the Groves brothers are back in action. Uh, Tanner looks to improve on a good year last year, while Jehu looks to crack the starting rotation. Uh, they also have some pieces in returner Jalen Hill, uh, Missouri transfer Yaya Hita, and freshman center from the area, who's seven feet tall, Luke 
nor will there. And this team has Porter Mosier, so they will be fine. But this team will most likely be fighting to make the tournament. Although, I, since I think the Big 12 is so strong, I think they'll get in realistically. That would definitely be fun. And then you mentioned you have Oklahoma State at six. I have them at my five spot. Main reason being that when I look at this team, while they do lose a good chunk, my main reason is you're not postseason bad. Like, before I even get into their team. Obviously, I'm not in the headspace of a D1 athlete, and neither are you. But if you're not able to make the postseason, aside from wanting to knock people's chances, what what's your goal here in this one season? Like, are is it worth throwing your body on the line every single opportunity you get? I might sound crazy for that, but moving into the actual team, you return Avery Anderson who was a beast last year, averaged 12 points. You have Bryce Thompson coming, the former transfer from Kansas, averaged 10 points last year. And then you also add Conference Player of the Year and former five-star, Musa Cisse, who is arguably the best center in the Big 12. And for sure, that. And then... One more thing for them is that they add John Michael Wright, who really, he's the best transfer that they got. And the main reason being, he could put up 30 a night in high point against a weaker conference team that's still solid. And the big night in and night out against some of the worst teams in the Big 12. And I firmly believe that because there's and that there's three different players on the Cowboys that could pop off any night. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, well that, that uh, is my sixth team. I don't know why I said five. I'm out of it right now. But that was my sixth team. Perfect. Uh, well, they're also my sixth spot. Funny enough. Um, yeah, I just think that. Uh, this team doesn't lose a crazy amount of production. I mean, they only lose two-year starting point guard Isaac Lekele, as well as uh, guard Bryce Williams and forward Kalen Boone, who didn't do particularly much. Um, and if the guards can just basically just shoot and make more three-pointers, if Avery Anderson and Bryce Thompson can increase their production to make more threes, this team will be really hard to stop. And I think that they could make a run if they figure those things out this offseason. Um, but moving into my five spot, I have the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Unfortunately for this team, they lose a crazy amount of production. Seriously ridiculous. Those 15.6 points per game and 18 rebounds gone with the losses of guards Terrence Shannon Jr., Kevin McCuller, Davion Warren, Adonis Arms, and forwards Bryson Williams and Marcos Santos Silva. So that's a lot of big names for this team. Uh, the Raiders also added... Uh, Raiders did add freshman four-stars Lamar Washington and Richard Isaacs, uh, who looked to make an immediate impact with the loss of four productive guards. At the forward spot, they will be led by Utah Valley transfer Faradaz Aminok, who was one of the most sought-after players in the transfer portal. Uh, 6'11", uh, traditional big man who gets a ton of rebounds, is great on defense, and gets a lot of points around the rim. 
Um, he will be joined in the front court by five-star forward Eli, Eli Fisher from Canada and former Oral Roberts sensation Kevin O'Banner, who returns to Lubbock after putting up 10-6 and six last season. This team has a decent backcourt and a very high-level front court with experience and potential star players. This is my team at the five spot in the Big 12. So, I also have this team here. I believe our differences don't get actually noticeable until the top three. Interesting. Okay. Well, until we get there, just tell us why you had Texas Tech in your five spot for a little bit and then go into your four spot. So you lose Adonis Arms, Bryson Williams, Marcus Santos Silva. By the way, we interviewed Adonis Arms, if you guys didn't know. So make sure if you're bored after this, go check that episode out. But get back into Texas Tech. And then they also lost Illinois' best player and Kansas's best player and Terrence Shannon Jr. and Kevin McCuller. <laughs> People that witnessed the secret scrimmage. <laughs> and then, besides losing, you know, five of their best players, they're actually able to bring in a good chunk with Devion Harmon, Fardas Imak. Kerwin Walton. These three very talented scorers, very talented defenders, and very talented rebounders. And the two players that I think are going to be leading this team, Kevin O'Banner and Elijah Fisher. Kevin O'Banner had a hell of a year at Oral Roberts in that tournament run, transfers to Texas Tech. And part of their scoring attack that realistically anyone had 20 points and then the rest had 5 to 15, depending on who's who had the hot hand. This year, I think it's going to be him. As for Elijah Fisher, he was definitely one of the better recruits in this class. Number four overall in 247. I think that we're going to be seeing him competing for a lot of playing time with Harmon and Williams. However, he's he's going to do good. I think that he might be one of the better freshmen this year. And then moving into number four. John, who do you have before I share my ranking? Um, I have TCU. All right, great. So this is where they continue. So pretty much I'm just going to mention Mike Miles Jr. is the best player in this conference, and I will let you continue from there. Uh, sure. So the TCU Horn Frogs return all five starters, uh, which is an elite group of players. Uh, after going to round 32 last year and giving Arizona, who's a high-level team, um, a run for their money, um, they also have guys like Micah Harvey and PJ Haggerty, along with Rondo Walker and Xavier Cork coming off of the bench, who provide really good depth compared to last year when TCU was only running, you know, maybe seven guys. So uh, Coach Jamie Dixon leading this crew with nine guys he can go to is going to be really, really hard to stop. Um, this team could be a potential sleeper contender. But the reason why I don't have them – any higher is because they don't have as much talent as our top three, but 
they could easily beat them on any given night if they're not prepared enough for this team because they have a very good unit coming back, just not a lot of star talent coming back. That's my assessment. So, Ethan, what is your assessment of TCU? I think that in Mike Miles, like I previously said, they have the best player in this conference. However, they're going to be relying heavily on their five starters, and I'm not sure um, if they're going to be able to win enough games to compete for the conference. However, they are able to win important games when it matters. They just made that come punches in this conference. However, they will be battle-tested come March. Very fair assessment. Okay. Um, well, now we're moving into our top three, which is where things get dicey for us. So, I will start with my three spot. Ethan will go to his three spot, then we'll go to Ethan's two spot, and then my two spot, then my one spot, then his one spot. Does that sound good to you, Ethan? Perfect. All right, so at the number three spot, for me at least, I have Baylor. So uh, Baylor loses four absolutely key players to start the season. James Jinko, their point guard, Matt Meyer, who transferred to Illinois, Kendall Brown, and Jeremy Sochan, who got drafted. Um, These players averaged 42 points per game, 19 rebounds per game, and 10 assists per game. So they lost a triple-double immediately. There are also big holes to fill in the front court, but the back court has a lot of talent. Luckily, the Bears have projected lottery pick and basketball prodigy Keontae George to help out, as well as former five stars LJ Cryer and Langston Love. And if you can count on to play, got Fairmont State transfer from last year, Adam Flagler. The front court honestly is mostly the same. They return to Flo Thamba and key rotation player Jonathan Chichamwa Chichua. Uh, Bears also add BYU transfer Caleb Lawner at the forward spot, West Virginia transfer uh, Jalen Bridges, and a prospect by the name of Josh Ojian Luna from Nigeria to all help out in the front court. This team has a lot of talent in the backcourt, a solid experience base in the front court, and is just slightly below Kansas and Texas because they only have one potential star player. The rest is just kind of filler role players in my opinion. Ethan, who is your number three? My number three is going to be from Austin, the UT Longhorns. And although I, as well as you, as well as everybody, overrated them last year, I think this year they're going to prove that they are actually good. They do lose Trey Mitchell, Devin Askew, Andrew Jones, Jace Furbis, and Courtney Ramey. However, they return three of their best. And Marcus Carr, Dylan DeSue, and Timmy Allen. As well as grabbing a top three transfer in Tyrese Hunter from conference rival Iowa State. So, Texas just said, you know what? We lost some guards. We're going to get this one. And then they decide, give me Artario Morris and Dylan Mitchell. So they grab two in the recruiting class. 
one of which will be starting for sure in more in Mitchell, I mean. And Morris will be a very good addition off the bench. Interesting. Well, that makes things easy because we're rolling right into our two spots. So, Ethan, who do you have at your two spot? I have the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay. Because the reason I don't have this team winning is Ochai Gladji gone. Mitch Lightfoot, gone. Remy Martin, gone. David McCormick, gone. Christian Braun, gone. That's five of their best players. And then, truthfully, I'm not exactly sure what exactly will happen with this. Obviously, Kevin McCuller, as previously mentioned in their secret scrimmage with Illinois, looked phenomenal. And I'm not going to take it away from him. He's a great player. Do not get me wrong. However, I'm not sure. Looking at the rest of this team, their next couple best players for me are going to be Jalen Wilson, who is very good, don't get me wrong, and Grady Dick, who, former five-star, five absolute beast, probably the best shooter in the class. Then after that, my questions are at point guard and at center. Point guard, DeJuan, DeJuan Harris and Bobby Pettiford will be locking it down. Either of which are particularly flashy. But as for the center spot, who? Zach Clements or Ernest Jude? Who do you think, John? Well, between those two, I, I have zero idea. You know, Clements is more of your traditional back to the basket, <clears throat> big, and I haven't even seen enough of Ernest to get a good idea of what his play style is like. But in terms of what Bill Stealth wants in a center, he's usually not looking for a guy who can shoot a ton. So based on my limited knowledge of those two, to the fact they didn't get many minutes last season, I'd have to go Clements. He's been there for longer. He's been watching a lot of big centers, big time centers in his time. And I think he's tall enough. I think he's like 6'10, 6'11, if I'm not wrong. So he'll be able to take that spot with ease. But that's to be determined for sure, as Ethan just said. As for my number two, I have Texas. Um, Ethan already gave an overview of the team, but just to quickly, you know, touch on some things. Um, we have not only a loaded front court, but a loaded back court. Or, I meant to say that the other way around, but the point is that we have depth in both spots. Um, Marcus Carr, Iowa State, I mean, Marcus Carr, Minnesota transfer from last year. Uh, Iowa State transfer, Big 12 freshman of the year, Tyrese Hunter comes in. Really good grab. Number one point guard in the country, Terry Morris, and standout New Mexico State transfer, Serge Barty Rice, will all be competing for minutes there. Whereas at the forward spot, we obviously have five star Dylan Mitchell, number four player in the country. All conference player Timmy Allen will be headlining. Coming back from last season, replayed out of his mind. Then we got Dylan DeSue coming back from injury. Now, no one really knows who this guy is anymore, but two seasons ago, Vanderbilt, he put up a double-double. He was like 15-10 in conference play in the SEC, so he was really good. And then we also have Christian Bishop coming back. Now, he probably averaged like 9-7 and seven last year, but if you guys remember two seasons ago at Creighton, he was with – he had a really good team. I forget who his point guard was, which is kind of killing me, but – he was the second best player on a Creighton team that made the Sweet 16, and he was playing out of his mind. 
Not to mention we have the best glue guy in the United States, Brock Cunningham, picking up the rest of the minutes that they don't get. Um, he's notable for the guy, the 6'6 white guy who was guarding Zach Eady pretty effectively in the tournament last year. So that's him for guys who don't know. Um, I think personally if this team's guards can create offense, like a lot of offense this year, this guy's the limit. This could be personal bias, but second in the Big 12 seems appropriate for this team. Honestly, thinking about it after last episode, I probably have them at one, but we'll get into my number one spot in a little bit. Um, but that's my assessment. So, Ethan, do you want me to go to my number one and your one second or the other way around? All right. Well, I have Kansas. Now, to be fair, it might be Texas, but at the same time, Kansas still makes a really valid argument for being the number one team. So as you guys most likely all know, Kansas won the national championship last year. Um, but at the cost of this, they lose a lot of talent to the draft and seniority. Ochai Baji, Christian Braun, David McCormick, Remy Martin, Mitch Lightfoot, all gone. They average 57 points per game. So that's a lot of production down the drain. Um, to fill the losses in the backcourt, there are returners Dewan Wagner, who was a starter on last year's team, known for his inability to shoot, but exceptionally good at everything else. Uh, Texas Tech transfer and former star Kevin McCuller, as for uh, what's going to fill their losses, they have Joseph Yusefu coming off of the bench and former mid-major standout, mid-major standout Bobby Pettiford Jr. Um, for those of you who don't remember Joseph Yusefu, two seasons ago at Drake, he took their team out of the first four, won them a game, and then barely lost to I forget who, but he played out of his mind as a freshman or sophomore, so he will be an upperclassman this year, but he will still have an opportunity to prove himself. Um, also at the guard spot, Coach Shelf may have just gone out and gotten himself two five-star guards, nothing much. Um, they got the number one shooter in the country and top five player, Grady Dick, as well as MJ Rice, so their backcourt's absolutely loaded. As for the front court, uh, Kansas returns star from last year, Jalen Wilson, but outside of Wilson, there are a lot of unproven players looking to get serious minutes. KJ Adams, Zach Clements, Ernest Uda Jr., Zuby, Joe Four, and Cam Martin are all guys who could get rotation minutes. <clears throat> As Ethan was saying, who are we going to have at the center spot? I think based on the, what this team's looking like, Bill Self's probably going to run a three-guard lineup with a Jalen Wilson at the four situation and a big man. I think this most likely would be Zach Clements, although you can see guys like KJ Adams Jr., um, Ernest Uda, of course, and maybe even Cam Martin getting some minutes. So... We don't know who's going to play a lot of minutes at their big man spot, but there is a lot of opportunity because we just don't know who's proved themselves yet. You know, outside of a little inexperience, outside of a little inexperience in the front court, this team looks primed to make another run. The Natty um, is my top dog in the conference, but that could be swapped out by Texas or Baylor. But Ethan, who is your number one? So. I went with, in my opinion, the best team in Texas because, well, they lost Jeremy Sohan and Kendall Brown, as well as Matthew Mayer and James Akinjo. They still managed to strangle back both Bamba, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, and Jonathan, no, JTT, I'm not even going to pronounce it, out of, yeah. And then they also add BYU forward Caleb Lohner and Jalen Bridges. The reason why I want to emphasize Bridges here is he was a former 
and now he is ready to be a top scorer on a team that will actually go far. And then the one piece that I truly love, as well as everyone loves, the potential best player in the conference, Keontae George. He's going to be really good, just letting you all know. He dominated in the international scene earlier this year. He dominates everything. It's going to be very, very entertaining to watch what he can do. Yep. Okay, well, now we've gotten our conference rankings out of the way, let's move into our Dark Horse team. Ethan, who do you think, whether it's a team we mentioned, whether it's a team we left off this list, could make a run, maybe not even a run, but turn some heads and potentially come out of nowhere as a Dark Horse team, beating our expectations? I feel like I got to go with Oklahoma State here. I feel like just having some of the production that they return, and then you also have Musa Cisse, who I genuinely believe this is going to be his year. I think that coming off that all the best defensive player in the Big 12, I think that we are going to see him actually tear it up inside the paint and average 15 points this year, or 12 to 15, I should say. Not to make too big of a jump, but I think he's going to dominate. Okay. Um, as for me, I have Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State lost a lot from last year. They obviously lost, you know, Tyrese Hunter. They lost a lot of other high-level players. Um, but the reason why I say this is, is any team that makes the Elite Eight with the same coach most likely will be back for blood. There is just no way that this team – Sucks. Now, I don't see them making the tournament. They lost way too much talent for me to safely put them in the tournament. But in terms of a team that easily could, yeah, Iowa State and TJ Altsberger could make the tournament. And they didn't bring in much to fill in their team. But I have faith in Coach Altsberger because he took this team from absolutely last with Steve Prom to an Elite Eight. So anything can happen. But yeah, I have Iowa State as my Dark Horse team. So with those Dark Horse teams out of the way, Let's get our player of the year out of the let's get our player of the year done. So Ethan, who is your player of the year? Well, I can tell you this. It's probably who I said earlier, Mike Miles Jr. You have genuinely probably the most exciting player in this conference, not named Keontae George, but except with experience. He's gonna average another fifteen points a game at least. And he might even get his assist number up, too. I think he's going to truly be the best. It's a very fair assessment. You know, I was going to choose him, actually, as my player of the year if he didn't. But if we're just looking at this from making this more fun, I think I have to go Keontae George. He will be the leader of this team as a freshman. And we've seen freshmen who are really star-studded really do well with their teams, but these guys are usually elite. Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, Akeem Olajuwon, Kevin Durant. Keontae George has the potential to be one of those guys who, as a freshman, can truly make greatness with the team around him. And I think that if he fully taps into his potential early in college, 
he could be this team's he could be this conference's best player. And that's scary coming from a Texas fan because I could be more honest if I wanted to, but you know, he's gonna do really well this year, I think. And we'll just have to see. He has potential to be one of those guys we look back on and say, Wow, he had a really good career in only about a nine month season, nine month span. So that's my assessment. And as for our dark horse players, Ethan, who is a guy that will turn some heads in his conference. Can you repeat that? Sorry, uh, for our dark horse player, who is a guy that is going to turn heads in this conference that not a lot of people are expecting? So, I just wanted to make sure that I heard that right because I really want, you know, I really want to go with Mr. Cisse, but I cannot do that. So, right, dark horse I, player. I'm probably going to have to go Grant Sherfield just because it was my preseason pick last year to lead Nevada to glory. And he was one of the Mountain West teams that didn't do that. There were four Mountain West teams that made the tournament, none of which were my favorite preseason. I think that he's going to come in as a bucket getter for Oklahoma. And truthfully, he's going to need to succeed at a power conference level if Oklahoma wants to have any chance. That's a very fair assessment of his game. As for me, a guy who can really turn some heads that I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on is LJ Cryer. Now, Kansas and George is going to be getting all the attention on this team. There's not a lot of star players in this team's front court. Who is going to be that second guard, that second guy who can really pick it up when teams are all of their pressure and all of their game planning on Kante George. LJ Cry, I think, is a guy who can really step up and make a difference. This is going to be a guy who didn't get to play a lot last year because of injury and has the potential coming out of high school, seeing what he's done in college, to really make a difference on this team. And I am very confident in saying that Baylor will be a good team solely because of what they're doing to Keontae George and how that will affect the rest of the team in terms of way less pressure will be put on them. So LJ Carr should have a really big year um, out of Baylor. And I think that not a lot of people are talking about how big of a potential him, not only him, but Langston Love and Adam Flagler can have this season. So I think LJ Carr is going to lead that bunch. And I think he will have a really good season that not a lot of people are expecting. So that's it for us. If you guys have any other suggestions, please let us know on our social media at ATR Madness for Twitter and at underscore creating madness for Instagram. If you guys have anything else to talk about outside of that, this is it for me. Ethan, do you have anything else to say? No, that was great. We actually kept the episode under 40 minutes, which is for we're talking about the Big 12 or Big 10. So, yeah, it's a plus. Um, But that'll be all from us. You guys should hear from us pretty soon. And have a good one.